Welcome to episode 307 of After the Credits. I am your co-host, Brain Antunes, joined today by fellow co-hosts. Bill Harris. Steve Stebbing. And Melissa McDowell. Welcome team. Hello. We've assembled. Wrong movie, but whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> At this point, I mean, we could be a Christopher Nolan cast. I mean, you know, yeah. we are an, an impressive ba- bunch and but, but, but Marina, there, there's no women in Christopher Nolan movies. <laughs> this is true. Let, let, we are going to discuss this, I am sure, because I have thoughts. And, and it, you know, it's it's hard to say like like principal cast when every cast member in a Nolan film that has any sort of line or any importance on the screen is a known actor that you've seen in something before. So yeah. there's no extras. They're just all like a and b list like actors but i do like that there are surprises yeah <laughs> there are some surprises here do we need to intro this like do, do we need to intro oppenheimer at this point i mean it's been out for two weeks i'm sure everybody and their mother that wanted to see it has seen it by now yeah it's it's the, the only talk right now it's like that um the fact that haunted mansion disappeared at the box office in the second week for both for Wait, both it films. actually it opened? Yeah, it, it yeah, it was open last week. Wow. I'll talk okay. about it in a few minutes, I'm sure. But um okay. um you, you guys are, you guys every, are burying the lead, man. Like who actually Barbenheimered? Honestly, I, let's go. Back to I back, mean, no. No, not back to back. I I mean two two nights in a row, but not actually physically back to back your boy did your boy did of course of course you did of course you did so which one hard to do first hard to do because as melissa said before tickets were impossible to get i didn't get them six weeks in advance like steve did yo and uh i tried to get them like four or five days in advance couldn't get imax at all sold out every show for the entire weekend was sold out same with Barbie. I got a ticket in like the far corner of a regular showing on both Barbie and Oppenheimer. Holy shit. Barely just, there was like three tickets left. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. But yeah, back to back, had a little snack between, had some, uh, some Edo Japan with some uh, spring rolls. It was nice. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Oppenheimer, then Barbie. Oh, reverses. Yes. See, I, I, I did, I did the the bar- Barbie and then Oppenheimer the next night. Nice. So, but yeah. I did mine. I did mine a week apart because that's just the way it worked out. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm disappointed in all of you. So, what do you want? You wanted <laughs> me to take be. a yeah. You wanted me to take a seven year old to Oppenheimer. I would have yes. wanted to see this. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. You could get you you could get screen the version where uh, uh, Florence Pugh has the CGI dress on. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. So <laughs> don't, uh, do. don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, don't don't take a kid to Oppenheimer. Uh, no. But uh, yeah, it's uh, problematic. But uh, the movie are taking a kid. Not, the, not because of Florence Pugh's nudity. Let's be clear. Um, yeah, it's no. problematic because it's not, it, I, I, there's no way a kid would sit through that three-hour movie. No. Not a chance. Mm, not yeah. a chance. Um, because I I think it's weirdly a hard sell for like someone who's not a movie person. It's weird I, though because I, I find it to be probably his most accessible film. Yeah, 
Yeah, but at the same Agreed. time, you know, like, and then his least, his least being Tenet, and then Interstellar. How dare you, sir? Tenet is a great film. <laughs> I didn't say Take it was bad. We're talking about accessibility. I'm on, I'm, I'm on the edge, man. I love me some Tenet. <laughs> you're, the, you're the only one. You're the only one on the podcast, Phil. I don't. Uh, well, well, I've walked back my thoughts on Tenet more than once, not fully, I, but. I need to give a second watch. I've only watched it once. Listen, the men look amazing. Sometimes that's yeah, they all that's do. Important. They do. And it's John David Washington. Who, who's amazing. Like, he's the future. He's part of the future. Our patch in a suit. I say no and, more. And, and the underuse of Elizabeth Debicki, who is phenomenal. Uh, but they just basically got her to do the same character she did in the, what was it? The night, the night, uh, the night manager. Oh, that, yeah. It was based. It was the exact same character. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the but John Le one. Yeah. Let's go back though to Oppenheimer and the fact that this movie has managed to make bank. Besides the like, regardless of the fact that it is a hard sell to outside of like movie fandom, but it mm-hmm. is like attracting people, and I think it's a combination of the fact that it is actually a really good movie that's getting a lot of buzz and people want to be in the conversation. But I, I, I mean. I don't think it would have that same pull if it hadn't been for the whole Barbenheimer thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think that actually did help the marketing. Maybe not so much for Barbie, because I think Barbie would have been okay regardless. Mm-hmm. But I certainly think it gave Oppenheimer a bit of a boost. A opening weekend, 100% yeah. gave it a real kick in the pants for sure. Um, and then, yeah, I, again, people just wanting to be in the conversation then because so many people had seen it in that opening weekend. That yeah. just word of mouth and everything. People want to go see the movie and it, it it becomes an event film. Yeah. Yeah. I will say like the first, not the first thing, but one of the first things I did when I walked out of the theater was I messaged slide. I'm like, fucking Nolan. I was determined not to like this movie. God damn it. For my own personal reasons. And then of course he wins me over because uh, you know, he's Christopher Nolan. He knows how to make a movie. Yeah, but Can, can we get something out of the way? Is Christopher yeah. Nolan the biggest douche filmmaker in the, yes. in the in filmmaking. This is what I call him. He is a douche. Totally. Mm. I, I, I totally think so. Every time I see an interview with him, I'm just like, dude, you, it's not even he- that he's douchey. He's pretentious. <sighs> he's very pretentious. He's a pretentious filmmaker, but he's one of these pretentious filmmakers that can actually back it up with decent films. So mm. there is that like the movies are actually pretty good. Even mm. the problematic ones are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, the, the audio level is actually correct because I mixed it this way because I thought we didn't need to actually hear fucking people talk and we just needed to hear my 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 score in the background because I'm Christopher fucking Nolan. <laughs> yes, you and I are on the same wavelength here. And I like but, Tenet. <laughs> but Ludwig, you got to hear Ludwig. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, that so score, that score is... It's so, pretty good. As awesome good. As, <laughs> as awesome as Hans Zimmer was in like the first like seven movies Christopher Nolan made, mm-hmm. Ludwig kind of took it up a notch this film. He did. Holy. He did. It is atmospherically at an 11, 12. Like there are scenes, there, there's a montage scene in, uh, in the first uh, bit of the film that like my hair was on end. I was like, whoa. And it's just a fucking like montage of, of Oppenheimer's kind of like, rise to brilliance you know and i'm just like still i'm like whoa <laughs> like this is exhilarating and it's it, all through sound and atmosphere i was just yeah he 
he's always impressive. Yeah. Even even in, in crazy things like Tenet, he's always impressive. Yeah. And, and plus, Hoyt Van Hoytma is quite possibly the the greatest DP going right now. Uh, uh, that film is spectacular looking. It's two years in a row. Him, that, and Nope, because Nope is one of my favorite shot movies of last year. Yeah. So, God damn that guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he knows how to pick his team. Uh, I'll definitely give him that. And his actors, the actors are all incredible, including the uh, really, really scary kind of thin Killian Murphy. I was like, wow, eat a burger, my man. <laughs> but I mean, he's always really good. And that's the thing, you know, we talked about it and I can't remember if it was off before we started actually recording, but the whole cast of characters here is really impressive. And like you say, there is no like walk on nobody like an Oscar winner has three lines in a movie. Like it, it's insane. It is mm-hmm. insane. And of course, you know, move on to the next scene. It's like, Oh, look, somebody else, but the women, man, I, I have problems. I have problems with this movie. And it's specifically my, my big beef is with the women and particularly Florence Pugh, who I, I'm not really sure what the point of her character was like, the movie is either about, I understood the movie to be about the development of the A-bomb and Oppenheimer's, you know, uh, internal struggles with, you know, what he born into the world. And that comes across very clearly in the film. I, I, oh, I see, I don't think it did. I don't well, think it yeah. went far enough on that message at all. Frankly, this was a biopic and that's what Florence Pugh was doing there. This was really a movie about one white guy getting fucked over by another white guy. Um, and Florence Pugh was the mechanism for that. It was the fact that he had a romantic relationship with the communist. And for some reason, Christopher Nolan really wanted to play up the fact that they were actually in love and it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a fling and it wasn't about him feeding information to the Russians. He was actually in love with this woman. And that was the whole point of her being there. Um, but it was it was weak because it wasn't about the science. It wasn't about the moral conundrum of creating um, what could ultimately destroy our entire planet. Um, it, it really wasn't about that. That's what I was. I was. It frustrated me about this film. Sorry, uh, and I thought you. no, no, no. Look, I, <laughs> like no, I think. But I think you're totally right because I think like Florence's character doesn't need to be in this movie. Like there was zero reason for it, and the whole like extended nudity thing that everybody was talking about it adds nothing to the movie. The, like that scene with in the interrogation room with Emily Blunt sitting there watching this, like that was unnecessary. Like we already knew that this was happening in their lives. She was aware of it. We didn't need that. Like it added nothing. I think that it could have gone further on the whole, you know, politics of it. But I think it was pretty clear to me walking out that this was a, a very strong anti-war film. Um, I I said to Dan, to me, this kind of feels like Dr. Strangelove, where it's a movie that's ostensibly about war and really an anti-war movie as well. I'm sure there are others, but that was the one that came to mind almost immediately. But I think it's really weak in the women because they simply are there for what purpose? Like they serve no purpose. And the thing is like, I don't like Pew is such a great actress and she's not really given a chance to act here. She's like this body that's just in this movie. She has like one great scene at that party, but it's not even really a scene. It's like this little banter back and forth. Emily Blunt at least has like that moment. That interrogation moment is fucking amazing because she's like all, you know, meek and oh oh my oh my and then she turns over to the camera like she faces the camera it's like she unleashes and it's 
fucking awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. It's just not the movie for it. Mm-hmm. Like she's great. She didn't need to be in this movie. Neither character needed to be in the movie. Or add more they're, women. I'm sure there were other women scientists involved. Like they're give, both give more they're, of them. they're both there to humanize Oppenheimer yeah. and make it more palatable to the audience. Sure. Despite yeah, what, despite the decisions that he's made. Like yeah. I, I just this this movie completely glosses over the fact that they didn't drop the A bomb to end the war. The war was already yeah. fucking over. Yeah. Hitler was dead. They dropped yeah. the bomb to, to prove show, a point. To flex their muscles to the yeah. Russians because yeah. that was going to be the next big conflict. Yeah. And that's that's all it was. And this movie did not touch on that at all. Oh, I think um, it did. Oh, I don't think it did. I th- I think it 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 barely, barely glanced at it. There's like a whole bunch of issues here about ethics and morals with the c- construction of Los Alamos, the people that were dispossessed, the racialized people who were hired onto the project and never given protective gear, who died at much higher exponential rates of radiation poisoning than anyone else on the projects. Like there was there's a lot of there are a lot of really morally objectionable things to dig into with this story and he chose none of them instead he chose to lionize a man by basically saying like oh yeah so he did this he regretted it and then his regret cost him his career and wasn't that awful and here like here's why you should care because he was fucking this super hot chick and then his wife also like stood up for him in the in the in the final scene so you can tell he's like a good guy because these women kind of vouched for him you know and like that to me is I just I like was just really disappointing like if I had gone into this movie thinking this is just a biopic about Oppenheimer fine uh, and maybe I should have you know that's the title that's pr- I probably should have um, I went into this movie thinking that it was going to be a really strong commentary on the dangers of human hubris and creating things and following technological threads that can lead to our downfall which is something we are very much living with today like beyond the a-bomb and none of that was in this movie and it was it, it felt really really disappointing to me well i took some of it away so i can't help but think that some of it was in there probably not strongly enough i, I do agree with that mm-hmm. but i mean the reality of it as well is it's a fictional movie i mean it's not I don't think it's intended to be the be end be all end all of Oppenheimer or the A bomb. There's you know hundreds of documentaries on the subject, lots of books on the subject. But I think you're right. That is one of the faults of the movie is the fact that it's kind of messy when it comes to like the whole thing. Like, is it a biopic? morality? Yeah, is it a biopic? Is it you know a story about the caution a cautionary whatever about the A bomb and war? Like, I don't know. It's a little bit of both, and for that, it's a bit meddled. But I mean, it doesn't detract for me from the fact that it's a really good movie. Technically, it's a brilliant film. Technically, yeah. mm-hmm. t- technically, there are no arguments to be made. Yeah. Um, it's well acted. It's well shot. It's uh, the sound. <laughs> the sound. Is, I, all of it. It really works. Um, it's just, like I said, just disappointing. Just di- for me, disappointing in the focal point here. Yeah, and like the, and the actual story because this seemed much more concerned with him being screwed over by the Robert Downey Jr. character than it was actually about the really problematic fact that he went ahead and built this thing, that yeah. they went ahead and built this thing, and that they uh, dropped the bombs in the end. Right? Yeah. At the same time, though, I really enjoyed Robert Downey Jr. going at Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. so I thought Robert Downey Jr. gave maybe so far one of the better performances I've seen this year and a complete surprise. And I really enjoyed 
a lot of people have said they didn't really like the last act of the film, the whole like courtroom aspect of it and all that. I thought that was the best part of the film. Uh, I did enjoy the first couple acts, but I really enjoyed that stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. um, to what Melissa said, um, I I rated what I saw on the screen, not what I've read in a book. So what I saw on the screen, I thought was very good. And um, I don't think they, he's still, as I said before, he still can't write a woman to save his life. No, no. never, never no. has been able to. Uh, and never will at this point. I'm like, 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 like Jessica Chastain's character, Interstellar, uh, was meant for a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's even said that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, it's, he's not good at it. And uh, I just, I think um, what I saw on the screen was great. Um, and that's all I can say for it because I, I don't, I'm not adding any other stuff to it. I, I just, I rate what I saw and I really enjoyed it. And, uh, I think it's one of the best films of the year. And I think, I think it's actually a really big step for Nolan. I think, uh, um, less bullshit in this film. Uh, I, I always find he's got, he's got weird ideas and he needs, he needs an editor more or less. And I think this film is quite possibly the start of something for him. Maybe, uh, this and Dunkirk, I think, I think we're, uh, more mature films. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. Both, I, I had the same problem with Dunkirk. Dunkirk is also politically super wishy-washy. Yeah, but I, as I said like, before, I'm, I'm, it's, uh, just, it's just a weird thing. Like you take these flashpoints that are incredibly political and instead of like coming down strongly on a side, you don't. And to me, that is like, like that's the antithesis of good art, <laughs> frankly. Like yeah, art should fiction. be challenging. It's fiction. There wasn't it, a title card at the beginning. But it's saying, not. It's it's, this is it's point it's, for point. The film that we we're, we're taking everything from. But we've you're, made sure you're that still is perfect. you're still choosing. You're choosing to do a fictionalized version of historical events or or historical people, and you're framing that film, and you're choosing the way that you're framing that film. There are a million ways to tell this story. There are a million different perspectives. There's all kind like there's all kinds of framing devices you can use. There's all kinds of focal points you can choose. And what he chose was the weakest in my mind that you could that you could go. There are so many directions you could have taken this film and you chose you chose the struggle for power between one white dude and another white dude who tried to screw him over. Like it's not it's not wrong. It's not wrong. I mean, I will say this. I mean, I knew very little about the development of the A bomb. Like basically whatever I learned in history class in grade 12 was about the end of it. And whatever little tidbit Dan drops once in a while, because he's a bit of a war buff. So I went in knowing very little. I mean, I knew what the Manhattan Project was. I knew who Oppenheimer was, didn't know who any of these other people were. And I walked away with this feeling that, wow, okay, I need to know a little bit more. Like if nothing else, it actually prompted me to do a bit more reading. (laughs) Which is what I did. I mean, I bought the book. I will read it because now I'm curious to see what this pure surprise winning book that this was adapted from has in it. Um, if and I, I, I kind of tend to agree. Like, great art needs to have a voice, and not to detract from the fact that I really liked Oppenheimer, and I think it looks amazing, and it's still. Even though I have issues with the politics, I still really liked it, and I, I will stand by it as probably one of the best movies of the year. Mind you, we're only like eight months in, but it's definitely going to be somewhere in my top 10, even with the problems that I have with it, which are pretty strong. 
I'm really pissed about the Florence Pugh thing. Like that really ticked me off. Everybody was buzzing about it. And I'm like, what is this scene going to be like? And then it was that. And I'm like, really? This is what everybody was on about? Like, this is stupid. I'm sorry. Sorry, I went off again. <laughs> and Steve hasn't like said it. Sorry, Steve. I I mean, this is easily, I, I think he, when award season rolls around, this is technically like all of those awards are Oppenheimers, like sound editing, like all of that is, is going. Well, directly. we haven't, we haven't, we haven't seen Dune yet. Do not, do not underestimate Dune. Like, we might not get to see Dune though. So we have to roll that around. There's a possibility that w- WB could shift it to 2024, which is, I doubt it. Really? I, I, I know. It. Well, I see trailers too. And I'm like, November 2nd, you're not moving or I think it's in November 2nd. Yeah. It's like, you're not, you can't, I've seen a trailer now. You can't erase this now, but well, they, they did it with Top so, Gun. So, yeah. Well, but I mean, Top Gun was a different beast, right? I mean, we were talking yeah. um, pandemic. I, mm. I think that the amount of money that they spent on marketing at this point, it would be stupid for them to oh. throw that away. But I mean, I- who knows? I hope not. I, I sometimes I think worst case scenario. So yeah, that's I, true. I, I, I hope not. But um, and I think I honestly think it's an easy lock for Robert Downey Jr. for best supporting like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even with all of like the Downeyisms, the stuff we know about him, he manages to make Strauss work in like this whole new animal that is so interesting to watch like like i agree with bill about the third act like i was really into that stuff and like the exposing of him and 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 his pettiness and his ego and his his shattered feelings and all that kind of stuff and i i I dug into that character stuff and killian is a fucking force of nature in this this movie like his just his command of the screen is so incredible it is absolute best actor material um and yeah i just every time i see nolan it's an absolute experience um what i will say is not an experience is i had a shitty theater experience where as soon as the universal logo popped up i heard from around the theater a shitload of beer cans cracking and i was like oh really really this is this is classy time to watch oppenheimer and then the woman in the row in front of me proceeded to get Oppenhammered during Oppenheimer and decided to like the scene where they're they're having kind of like the the thank you rally after the the detonation of the the test bomb. She decided to get up and cheer as well and put her arms in the air and wave them around what and stuff. The fuck? And it was so fucking weird. It was so weird. I was like, this is not this <laughs> she made herself the movie essentially. So um, I just got to give a shout out to Penticton during tourist season for uh, bringing that lovely screening to me. So, yeah, I just needed to air my grievances there. You, you've been you've been waiting to drop that op and oh, ha- I have. Ha- hammered reference for a while, <laughs> yeah. haven't you, Steve? Oh, yeah. I, I, I know. I, I lie. I actually tweeted it as well. <laughs> it is a pretty good line. It is or a pretty I, good line. I axed it or whatever the fuck it's called now. <laughs> I, I it's still twitter fuck them <laughs> <laughs> good uh, um i was uh really happy to see josh hartnett and very very surprised i was like great. oh my god it's josh yes. yeah he was, he was good he, look, he looks great he's great right? i yeah. saw him i've seen i saw him in something else afterwards i can't remember what oh and 
I think maybe it was that rain scene that I said to Melissa. What was that, Killian, in in front of some uh, some red carpet with the rain falling on him very dramatically? <laughs> it was a moment. It was a moment. I will take all the Killian Murphy memes at this point. <laughs> but um, Josh Hartnett is doing the Guy Ritchie stuff right now. That's what he's I saw. Few, he's been. He was in Wrath of Man, and he was yes. in that Operation Ruse de Guerre. It, it, terrible title. I thought it was a fun movie. Really bad. No, sorry. Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre. Like your whatever your it was titles called. way too fucking long for one. It was it was a terrible title. It was it not a great a, movie, but it was it is a mouthful that people can't say. Yeah. Operation Fortune's good enough. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I, I have a question about our uh, our official mascot of the podcast, Benny Safty. Uh, <laughs> did, yes. uh, did, what did everybody think of Mr. Safty and uh, Oppenheimer? Great, he was fantastic. Great. He's yeah. so good. He was him, very good. Pa- him painting up, yeah, that was a great the intensity moment. of that moment. You're like, this is like ooh ooh, like oh, it, the the it's brimming at that point. I know he's very very good. He's very very he's good. so good. Yeah, I just oh, thought, I'd, thought I'd ask the moment, the last moment. With uh, the handshake, him, him coming to face to face with Emily Blunt was just oh, like, yeah, Jeff's kiss. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, we've been waiting for this. Yeah, good stuff. The official mascot of our podcast. <laughs> I, can go, I, I can like go it. With that. I like <laughs> it. I will go with that. No I like problem. It. So, can I drop some trivia on you guys? I don't actually know if you know this. Uh, so, BC actually has a connection to the Manhattan Project. You guys know about this? Mm. This is part of Dan's insider knowledge that I had no idea about. So he's like, did you know BC played a part in the Manhattan Project? I'm like, what? So um, the uh, there's a mine. Well, there was a mine in Trail uh, that was owned. At the time, it was called something else, but eventually it became Kaminko that was producing hard water. And so hard water, which is essential for fishing, is not widely available. You have to basically make it. And the plant in Trail was the only one that was large enough to produce enough hard water to provide hard water to the Manhattan Project. And it was a whole clandestine operation. The Canadian government didn't actually find out about it until after the project had ended. <laughs> so that there's your bit of uh, of trivia. There's there's other Canadian connections to the Manhattan oh, Project as well, because there were there were experiments underway in Ontario as well mm. um and there is there was a um, a physicist from Winnipeg actually who um was was on the projects at Los Alamos and ended up uh dying of radiation poisoning in 1947 so was one of the one of the first folks working on the experiments to pass away mm. from radiation poisoning yeah so lots of that one was interesting cuz i didn't realize bc had any involvement whatsoever uh, of interest. So I think, is it safe to say that even with the, uh, I don't, I've lost the word. I, 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 I've had a drink already, so I've lost the word. <laughs> um, but is it safe to say that, I mean, I've certainly enjoyed it. I would say that it's one to watch. General agreement. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of my favorites this year for sure. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I think it's a good film. Like it's a technically good film. The audience that I saw it with was not unhappy coming out of the theater. And I think like, 
you know, despite my disappointment in the way that he chose to frame this story, what has been really interesting to me is seeing more of these other stories about the Manhattan Projects come out and Los Alamos come out through social media and other conversations. So at the very least, it's starting conversations about what's been left out of this film and about the moral and ethical issues that really... I feel should have been much more front and center here than they actually were. Um, But uh, yeah, I, my disappointment aside, it's a, it's technically a good film. Um, It's just, yeah, between this and Dunkirk, I'm just like, okay, I like, I like the way Nolan makes movies. I just wish he didn't write them. He does. I I, I like Bill says he needs an editor. (laughs) It's no, he, he needs, needs a writer. Know. He needs a writer yeah. with balls who has an actual story to tell. I, too. A story too. that resonates with more than just other, you know, middle aged white dudes. But yeah. But then we wouldn't get Benny Safdie. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, we had Benny Safdie in uh, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. So, you know. Benny Safdie will show up just when you least expect him. Bill. Exactly. I don't exactly. think we need to worry Seems about like Benny. Yeah, I think he'll be okay. Okay, well, let's. He was, he was actually in the background in Barbie going, Hey, Ken, or whatever the hell that, you know. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Well, let, well, let's let's move on to Barbie and Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie and the movie that blew the doors off the box office the same weekend that Oppenheimer opened. It's up to 750 million now worldwide. It's a beauty. Yeah. raking in all the dough such a beauty and a movie that deserves the accolades as well as the you know as as well as it being responsible for a, a large theatrical push right now because the theaters are full better for better or worse the theaters are full and i see it as a total win and it's cool that filmmakers that i don't know we've appreciated in the in the you know the film nerd circuit for a long time now two voices like uh Greta Gerwig and you have to you know include Noah Baumbach in there for that script um kicking ass in in like a huge degree but the really scary thing is that the guy who supposedly was here to save uh theatrical experience itself Tom Cruise his movie bombed yeah Barbie made more than three days and it's made in its entire run. It's so crazy. Mission Impossible has made $140 million. That is it. I mean, it all opening weekend and this died. Just so sad because that movie kicks ass. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I think this also speaks to, and I mean, we talk about this. It seems like with every movie that comes out, that's directed by a woman or a movie that has a, like a, a strong female voice. We always have this conversation because the women are here. They want to see the fucking movies too. just fucking make them. That's what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. Make the fucking movies, give the women the voice and we will go to the movies. It's just no, the reality. Okay. Of it. Then how come people didn't go and see, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Mm. They can't all win. Just like all men's movies, all movies directed by men aren't oh, all going to win. Oh wait, it didn't have Mattel behind it. That too. I have no qualms about this whatsoever. I had this discussion with somebody else the other day. I can live with the fact that Mattel is raking in bucks off of the back of this movie, because they clearly had, they had to also give a little bit like 
They're a huge toy maker. Yes, they make a lot of money. Yes, there's this big marketing thing. They are as bad as Disney. Like fucking everything that can be pink and Barbie is now pink and Barbie. I don't care. I don't have to buy it if I don't want to. Just like I don't have to buy Disney shit if I don't want to buy it. I have no issues with that. I don't have to pay into the machine, even though, side note, I do. I am a Barbie collector. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, the the thing that I dealt with a long time ago before I even like came into the whole movie thing was Barbie was something that I always played with. Yes, they were for a long time. This, you know, I, I understood that women didn't look like this. But at some point in my late teens, I also came to the conclusion that, but hey, there are other Barbies. Yes, they're all skinny. A lot of them are white. But I mean, it's it's a fucking doll. Like, I understand that there's some social commentary and some social discussions that need to happen. And, you know, I the bottom line is Mattel wants to sell dolls. So they're going to make a plus size doll and a black doll and a Chinese doll for reasons. And that's to sell more dolls. I'm okay with that. Like, it's just part of the world going round. I think what I what I think Mattel did right here is they they wanted to make a movie. They found a director that they thought would do a good job, and then they let her make a fucking movie. They didn't hold the reins. They didn't say no. You can't do this. And you know when she pushed back for things that she thought were important, they relented. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they didn't want the old lady in the movie. Right? It's like no, the old lady needs to be in the movie. The old lady's in the movie. So I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I. I understand, like, but this is just like Hasbro having movies. Like, it's the same thing, basically. The only difference here is that Barbie actually tells a story that's important. And Melissa, you'll appreciate this when you see it. It actually has a voice. Like, it's very clearly a feminist film, and it very clearly leans into that. And then you get Ken saying with a sweatshirt that says Ken enough. And then we feel bad about the fact that we're objectifying men. Guess what? It's been happening to women for a millennia. Welcome to the club. Sorry, and I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> well, I, I think it's just clear that this movie made so many men's penises fall off. And, <laughs> you know, it became a worldwide epidemic that they just crowed all over the internet about and just proved more and more how fucking pathetic the whole, like, their whole argument and stance was and how horribly transparent it all was when they came out with their anger about this movie because it's all bullshit because the movie has a strong voice and a strong truth to its voice and that's what scares the patriarchy the most yeah and i mean i i think it's impressive that you can have a movie like this that is you know, it's it's fun and bubbly and it has an important passage that actually comes across and that plays like the best animated films that plays to people of all ages. Like I took my seven year old niece. Did she get most of the jokes? Probably not. Auntie was laughing a lot to things that she looked at me like, why is that funny? I'm like, you'll understand it when you're older. She she loved it. If you ask her what she what movie she's like the most this year, she loved Barbie because it was mm-hmm. awesome. That's mm-hmm. all she knows. Barbie was awesome. Well, and he's like, our Barbie wasn't just awesome. Barbie was also really fucking smart. Yeah. It's well written. Well <laughs> oh, yeah. acted. It's, I mean, from the cinematographer of Martin Scorsese's silence, you know, <laughs> like. It looks so good. It, it looks, looks so amazing. Good. It looks so good. That art direction is going to be nominated because it is just phenomenal. And every turn. I love the separation between Barbie land and reality. 
um, yeah. and, and how they do it. Um, Ryan Gosling is in his sweet spot when he's, when he's doing comedy because yeah. his, how earnest he is about it all is so is, is what's makes it so incredible. Um, yeah, I, just, I love this movie and I love the soundtrack. It's just, yes, so it's so good. good. I love Charlie. I already have an affinity for Charlie XCX. So speed drives kind of like a, a song that clocks in it under two minutes. It's like, it's, I'm just, an ultimate, ultimate fangirl. Okay. Yeah, I have a I have a T-shirt. I love it. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah the, the Tame Impala songs also like under two. Yes, yeah. yes. There's yes. some real bangers on that soundtrack. Yeah, no, do you it's th- really solid? Don't you think it's kind of hilarious though how the like how the box office discussion is being framed around Barbenheimer because it's kind of like, oh yeah, so Barbie made like three times as much money at the worldwide box office than Oppenheimer, but they're still like talking about them as though they're on an equal footing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, um, they're not. It's they're like, not. They're really not. Like, no, it, it's because you have to mention the man in the same sentence. Otherwise, how is the woman valid in this sentence? I don't care. Well, I've seen like, <laughs> that's fr- what I've it comes down to. Like, it is. You know, like, yeah, Barbie did like did this amazing thing. Well, it's reporting on the box office of them both combined so as to inflate Oppenheimer's actual box office take. But also like the the idea that, you know, oh, yeah, so Barbie did super well at the box office. And but Oppenheimer is going to be the film that we remember forever. It will be a classic. (laughs) No, it won't be. You know, Paul Schrader says so. So (laughs) it will be. And like... (laughs) it's just it's just hilarious to me the, the bonus is you can get a three for because if you go to the comments you'll have people crowing that nobody's talking about sound of freedom so <laughs> you oh, can just man. have them all in the mix so oh, um <laughs> i i really liked barbie i just had one problem uh and i was, i i don't want to be too spoilerish melissa because i know you haven't seen it but uh, that's okay i've been get- reading a lot of commentary on it so i'm not i'm not really worried about being spoiled about barbie when when, when they get to the real world and they get to mattel the movie just falls flat flat nobody else okay cool no <laughs> I, I i when will ferrell showed up i checked the hell out it's not funny I found um, his character, all those characters, just to be kind of annoying, and uh, I didn't. I thought it completely uh, slowed the movie down to a point where I wanted the momentum back right now. I will agree. That's certainly like the the most like uh, subdued portion of the movie. Yeah, the only thing that that like kind of shoved me a little bit was the Chevy commercial. Oh. <laughs> there literally is a Chevy commercial within That's, the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, well, you know, you got to pay the bills, man. What? Yeah. There's product placement in no the Barbie right. movie, but it just like really, just like it was awesome. It was just so like it was shot for shot a commercial I'd seen on TV. Well, but so. I mean, I think that that's. Just the the marketing team going, yeah. hey, listen, we can edit this scene to make a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, good to, for, good for Greta. It takes it it takes a special kind of director to be able to shoot a commercial. She like might have put it in a fucking movie. So yeah, that's exactly. How good she exactly. Is. I, I'm just curious, how many Barbie related trailer commercial things did you guys have before before the movie? There was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one with Barbie in it. There was a couple other commercials selling Barbies. At least on my print, 
Yeah. Uh, I missed was, them all. We okay, literally got yeah. there. We literally got there as the credits were opening. So I'm we missed a, them all. I'm at a lesser landmark theater, so we don't yeah. get those. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, if if it felt kind of gross, but it's it's just like Disney. We expect yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Hey man, Mattel, Mattel needs to pay bills too. Mattel needs to pay bills too. They just happen to be pink, and I'm yeah. okay with that. I am a okay with that. I, I know people have already brought this up, but Ryan Gosling's awesome. Oh, he's so fantastic. Good. Yeah. He's just, oh. so, yeah, he is. He's just perfect. Uh, just the way he, yeah, he just dives into this head first. And I don't think he's still come out. Cause he was like, this has almost felt like a method performance. It was so out there at times. His, his love of certain things in the, in the, in the universe has made me laugh. And, uh, yeah, he. All the kids are pretty funny, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and Alan, Michael, there, Sarah as Alan. Yeah. There's, there's a few surprise uh, kids that maybe just howl. Yeah, I couldn't stop laughing. Once again, I, not, not, I don't want to spoil anything. I do but, not uh, want to. Sp- one of them is just so brilliant, and I feel like so focused to a specific audience that it just tickled me. I was so so happy with it. Um. Uh, honor like honorable mention definitely has to go to um Issa Rae who's very funny in this yeah um Kate McKinnon Kate McKinnon for sure <laughs> she hysterically funny and Hari Neff I Hari Neff is so funny in this movie for her like few lines that she has as uh uh Dr. Barbie <laughs> just she's well, so I'm, funny in I'm it. glad she got something better than the idol this out of this year because <laughs> yeah well just that she got to step away from sam levinson a little bit because she was also in assassination nation i think as well so yeah step out from under that umbrella so yeah i was i was happy to see her in the movie too because I, I really enjoy her and we haven't mentioned america Ferrera, but she's always brilliant and she does not disappoint here no she's been taken there's been some flack about that scene with her though um uh, and it sounds kind of warranted to me. I mean, I haven't seen the film, but uh, there's a number of Indigenous commentators have, have taken uh, a lot of offense to the way that she kind of has a throwaway line comparing patriarchy to smallpox blankets being given to Indigenous communities in the early days of contact. Um, that, I think, is a very valid criticism. And I wonder, you know, why... I mean, it's it's too bad that that ended up in the dialogue, um, and uh, I, I'm glad that people are talking about it. Yeah, and it's not perfect by any means. Like the movie has its problems, and I mean, I do think as as sort of like nonchalantly, I the whole Ken thing. I mean, I think that there is something to be said by the way that the, the men are portrayed in the movie. But I mean, there's it's such a small qualm. But I think you're right. I mean, it's not perfect, and that speech, as powerful as it is still has problems, but it's, there's so much good in it that it's easy to overlook the problematic. And that again, just goes to just goes to the fact that we just don't get enough movies that have this kind of um, dialogue and that, and that say these things out loud, we talk about them, but there's nothing like in the popular culture that everybody has seen that's making these kinds of stands. And that's really sucky. 
I have really definitely sucky. seen, and I mean, I don't think when you're dealing with when you're dealing with a product like Barbie, uh, like I think there's only so far you can probably take mm-hmm. um, feminist theory in a film. Um, but I have also seen a lot of criticism that it is quite surface feminism, and that you know, like if we consider if we consider patriarchy to be a systemic issue and very closely tied to capitalism, et cetera, this film really falls flat on <laughs> kind of like it's really coherent criticism. Well, well, but it's a Barbie movie. Like I'm, well, but, I'm not sure that I'm expecting like, like I, high level bell hooks ish. Like, no, but I think it falls yeah. into the same thing as Oppenheimer, right? It's still yeah. entertainment, right? At the end of the day, the the main goal of the movie is still to entertain. The fact that we're having the conversations, I think, is the more important part of it. I think Barbie is more important for that because we just don't get enough of them to open those doors for conversation. So, oh, just and uh, just to point this out to all the people who laughed a little too hard when Robert Oppenheimer said, "Give the the land back to the Indians." In my screening, yeah, you can all go to hell too. Holy yeah, shit. that's fucking. That is not cool. No, I was. We, um, my aunt, and uncle, that. and I uh, winced at that line. Yeah, really heavily because we knew exactly what had happened. They'd like literally just appropriated land from people in order to do this project. Well, and the <laughs> thing the is, like that is, and like, that is so like, yeah. like oh, we have this land. Like he makes it sound like it is. It's his land. Like if you didn't yeah. know any better, he's like, oh, there's this land. This ran- Like he has this ranch. It. We'll just build it here. It's like, well, do you own all of this land? They kind of like totally gloss over that, but that's something else. Okay, we won't go back there. <laughs> so, Barbie, if you haven't already seen it, maybe do. I don't know. I say take your kids. I, I, say really, see it. I really enjoyed it. I just had some problems with it. Yeah. I so I the other public commentary because again I can't comment on the movie because I haven't seen it. But the thing that I also really like is that lots of people are talking about how like this is the new this is the new like date test for like all the single women who are like on Tinder and stuff if you take your date to the Barbie movie or see what his reaction is to the thought of going to the Barbie movie. This could be either a green flag or a red flag for you about a dude. Um which is which is kind of awesome. So I, yeah. I will put that out there. Single women on dating apps, I feel your pain and do whatever you can to root out like to root out the assholes before you go too far down those paths. It's a really simple litmus test too. Yeah. That is really, really simple. That is, that is, that is a toxicity tech checker right there. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Just talk about the Good. Barbie movie, see where he goes and that will be your cue. If there's any anger whatsoever, you know. And plus, <laughs> um, if you haven't seen any of the Greta Gerwig, Nora Baumbach films from back in the day, uh even Greta's like mumblecore films, uh, you should check those out. They're incredible. Yes. Um, yeah. and you know, I'm pretty sure people have seen Lady Bird. I'm pretty sure they've seen Little Women, but Greta Gerwig is also a really great actress. Francis Haw. Francis Haw is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mistress I love Mistress America. It's probably my favorite of those. And I, I love that movie. But uh yeah, she's got a great back catalog, and uh I just I'm so happy that she's found success and I hope that she's able to parlay into even more success. Don't stop now. Keep going. Even though I don't think the Narnia thing of Netflix sounds good, but you know, do something original. I don't know. 
Come on, a Barbie see. movie. A Barbie movie also didn't sound like a good idea. So I, yeah, I was highly skeptical. Um, it's been it's really interesting to see what she's turned this into. Like, yeah, I, I haven't even seen it, but even just from the the trailers, like, but yeah, I I was not sure what was going to happen here. But hearing that Greta and Noah were writing the script, I was like, well, it's going to be interesting. Whatever it is they do, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny now too because I think Greta Gerwig now has the ability to make a any movie that she wants, which is what you think Christopher Nolan would do, but Greta Gerwig's just outdone Christopher Nolan. So is she, is she now like the new hotness? Is she mm-hmm. able to do whatever she wants over like a Christopher Nolan kind of character? Hopefully. That's cool. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. So what's next? What do you guys want to talk about next? I don't, I don't know. Should we talk about what we've watched in the, the little... <laughs> sure. The little, you want to go um, first, Steve? Yeah, I can. I can rock first. Um, well, kind of like after we recorded last time, I got a couple of Netflix ones. Um, the first one being uh, "They Clone Tyrone." Oh, so good! Which is the debut of uh, Jewel Taylor, uh, writer director that has a future spot in my heart for sure. Because this movie rocks. It's like modern black exploitation featuring three actors giving like the performances of their career i want to say john boyega is great and i know john boyega doesn't have a huge back catalog but the guys worked with steve mcqueen and stuff so like he's got some good shit in there um jamie fox when jamie fox slips into like character actor jamie fox whether it be you know whether it be something like collateral or uh motherfucker jones this is towards the motherfucker Jones size of things. And I love this character so much. And Teona Paris is fantastic. Their dialogue together and their chemistry together is just phenomenal. And yeah, I, I really, really, really love this one. Um, also the same day I got the deepest breath uh, documentary yes. on Netflix, um, which gave me a little bit of free solo vibes to it. Um, you know, exchanging free climbing with uh, free diving, uh, which gave me a, a a different feeling of claustrophobia and panic over watching people under pressure and stuff. Um, but I don't feel like the movie has the sustainability to keep interest like Free Solo did, and it kind of falters a little bit in the second and third act. Um even towards like the real resolution of the film, which I, I do feel like the emotion behind it, but I just, it just didn't feel consistent. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I think you're totally right. The, I thought the editing was interesting mm-hmm. because it's not until like the third act, you kind of see where they're going and then it's like plastered all over. Like, oh yeah. Okay. I should have seen this coming, but I agree. I think it has some um, really great moments. And like you say, it ha- it really does capture some of that, claustrophobic feeling Mm. and that uh kind of like being lost in this um in this space uh but uh, yeah i I don't think it's nearly as good as free solo i i mean but i mean in reality free solo is like on a level on its own there are very few filmmakers that are working at that level and this is a pretty close approximation i think Mm -hmm. um i i thought it was actually i i was really impressed i thought it was pretty good Mm-hmm. I think I think it's her debut feature, uh, her debut yeah, it feature. Is. So yeah. it's it's impressive in that in that regard. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think it fully 
kind of hit the mark for me, but I did yeah. really enjoy it. I thought it was quite yeah. good. And then I, I had a trio of just kind of like, they were good, like kind of forgettable movies uh, being the beanie bubble uh, about the Thai beanie baby thing with uh, uh, Zach Galifianakis without a beard, which was very, very um, weird. It sounds so superficial that I found it so weird for such a large portion of the movie, but it was just getting acclimated to what his face looks like because I mean, it, it honestly, I feel like it would be if, if, if my kid, if I shaved and my kid saw me, it, they would be totally disconcerted. I probably wouldn't talk to them for a week and a half because they would be scared of me. Like it's just that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but the women around him in this one, uh, Sarah Snooks in this one, um, uh, Elizabeth Banks, uh, they're really great, and I think that they really elevate this movie. Uh, then there was uh, Polite Society. Wait, before you before you move on from the yep. Beanie Bubble, because this was on my list as well, and I was okay. so disappointed by this movie so for the same reason. Like, I thought that the cast looked amazing. Mm-hmm. It's such an interesting bit of like a moment, like it's a pop culture moment. Like it, the Beanie Baby yeah. craze took off kind of like at this time it was right at the beginning of like sort of the internet starting to get popular people were starting to have computers at home aol online was the thing ebay had just launched so like it it really has the potential and they were uh, like at the forefront of all of this Mm -hmm. like they were they marketed the shit out of themselves and they became the sensation that they became because they were able to use the internet to their benefit and eventually their downfall. But, um, and I think it's a totally missed opportunity. They try really hard to kind of like shoehorn that in uh, with uh, Geraldine Viswanathan, who is amazing in it, but it just falls flat. And I thought the movie was just such a snooze. Like we watched half of it, literally fell asleep and had to come back to finish it. Like that's how entertaining it was. Like, it's just such a bummer because it has the potential to be such a great story. And I mean, maybe it's out there, but I haven't seen a movie that really captures that moment in time. I would love to see like a Tetris of this. So I think with a good filmmaker and a good script, this has the potential to be really great. This is just not that movie, which is mm. sucky. Sorry. And it's on Apple TV plus for anybody yeah. that wants to give it a go. Um, the other one that was just kind of, eh, okay. It was a uh, polite society, uh, which is the, um, it's a, uh, it's like a martial artist, uh, like a martial arts film uh, set in the UK um, with a, um, a couple of I- uh, Indian British sisters. Uh, one of them played by uh, Ridu Ar- uh, Arya from uh, um, Netflix series uh, Umbrella Academy, who I really like in that series. She was in the second and third season of that one. Hadn't really seen her in anything else. Um, this movie's fun, but it just it goes through ridiculous lengths to like cr- create it's action storyline that just kind of like fell flat with me and just how kind of ridiculous it felt. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it just doesn't really leave a mark in the end, much like uh haunted mansion did for me as well. <laughs> Justin Simeon's new film, which I was pumped. That it was Justin Simeon. I'm really, I really like Lakeith Stanfield. Like I, I love him in everything that he does. Rosario Dawson's great. The cast is really great. Um, it's just, it's just good. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not, it, it's not anything special. It's not anything that I'm like, Oh, you need to go see haunted mansion. It just kind of meh. It is. 
just so I I don't do a lot of rides. The rides are just generally not my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I saw the trailer for this, I was like, when I saw the title, I'm like, wait, like like the ride, which I had the pleasure displeasure of being on in Disney <laughs> Paris. I waited a ridiculous amount of time for this ride because Dan wanted to go on it. And I saw the trailer and I'm like, oh, this actually kind of looks like the ride. This is kind of neat. And then I saw Rosario Dawson. I'm like, oh, okay. And then the rest of the trailer plays. I'm like, maybe not. (laughs) It doesn't look very good. I'll watch it eventually just for Lakeith. Yeah. He is. He's just got so much. I don't know. There's just feels like always so much subtext with him. Just in every role he plays. There's just always feels like there's a lot to his his characters. Um, I know I said I I had a few, but I I only had a few, but I feel like I have so many now because uh, I have like four more. Talk to me. Uh, oh, as good I, as we were hoping. Um, I think maybe the hype diminished my feelings wow. of it a little bit. And that's by no means a, a, a knock on the movie. I just felt in some degrees, it just wasn't enough. Like it just needed a bit more meat to the potatoes. You know what I mean? Like, um, but there's a lot in it. That's very cool. There's a lot in it or, that works. These, these guys have such a bright future ahead of them, especially in an industry that just constantly evolves and, and, and turns into something different. Uh, and there's no diminishment in A24. If you see that title card, you're going to see a good movie. It is a good movie. I, I feel like I just wanted a little bit more from it. Um, one I was really happy with was uh, Shortcomings, uh, Randall Park's debut. Uh, it's just so well written, and I love the cast, uh, even if the main character is somebody like I really don't like and you just keep waiting for his self-awareness to kick in and just because he's so unlikable and abrasive and you're just like, just be aware for a second. But I think that's what adds to the charm. It's also got Sherry Cola in it. Um, I have not had the privilege to see Joyride yet. I, I know uh, I know that you guys that some of you guys have, but I haven't yet. So I'm waiting for this, but I'm already in love with her. So I, I can't wait for for Joyride and just a solid, solid movie. Um, ooh, do I even go down the fact that I wasn't totally disappointed by that uh, about my father? <laughs> the De Niro and Sebastian Menescalo movie. Steve. Yeah, I was. I didn't totally <laughs> hate it, um, but I will, I'm going to end it off on a high note. I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was a lot of fun. It's my favorite representation. Um, you know, as an adult going through all the movies, I think it's the best version of it. I know in a lot of ways, it's like, that's not saying much, but there's so much good going on in this film. Um, as being a Ninja Turtles fan, seeing all these mutants on screen is really cool. I love the animation style. And I hope this this franchise has a real future now. Can't win an, can't win an Oscar, though. No, because there's so much live action stuff in it. Yep. Yep. It wouldn't win anyways. It's it's no. not a good year. It's not a good year for them. <laughs> well, I don't th- I don't think Spider-Man can either because Spider-Man has live action elements in it too, doesn't it? Yeah. Not a, yeah, but I don't think enough. I think it still qualifies. 
I can see them still screwing Sony. No, uh, Disney doesn't have anything this year. I don't think they have the legs to screw Sony. They'll have Wish. Uh, yeah, I don't think that that's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill, what do you have? Uh, some of the stuff that Steve just talked about. Uh, I really like Talk to Me, but I thought it got really sloppy in the third act. Mm-hmm. Just too much going on. Uh, it wasn't very focused, but that hand is a really cool prop. It works. And the really device, well. the, the device of it too, and the camera tilt on those shots and stuff. It's so it's it's so aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, it's and it's a really well-made film for something that I think probably costs about a hundred bucks to make. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not a big movie and it looks pretty damn good. The acting is really strong, and uh there's some cool violence in it. So I'm I'm down with that. Uh, but yeah, as Steve said, the meat and potatoes thing is definitely a valid point. Like I wanted a little more from it. And yeah, the third act's a little sloppy, but it's still one of the better horror films I've seen this year, yeah. I would say. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is pretty good. Uh, I just wish it, I've, I just, every time I, I see, wow, this is another reboot of this franchise. We've had what, four, five, mm-hmm. six mm-hmm. reboots. Uh, the animation is, interesting i don't know if i find it incredibly great after watching something like spider-verse um but it's fun the soundtrack is banging it's nice to hear actual teenagers be the teenage mutant ninja turtles Mm -hmm. um yeah it's fine i think it was pretty good i think kids are gonna dig it and uh yeah it's 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 fine and the only other thing i saw was the venture brothers movie and it fucking ruled Hell yeah, Radiant is the heart of the baboon. Yep. Yes. Uh it's uh I wish there had been season eight because we were promised season eight, but uh that's the only oh. problem with it is that it, it feels rushed because they had to fit all this stuff into one movie. But uh Venture Bros is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. And oh. I will fight you if you have a problem with that. I also feel like it leaves it a little bit open so they could do. I hope so. More. I hope it sells it a billion D- Blu-rays and which yeah. it won't, but uh, and sells a billion on iTunes because it's great. Venture Brothers is incredible. Yeah, yeah, and that's never, really never seen it. Wow, it's really funny, really it. funny. James Urbaniak as uh, Doctor Venture. Yeah. So and, and I'm Patrick Warburton. Brock Sampson. Yeah. So so damn good. So, yeah, I didn't really watch a lot of movies. I actually missed a lot of movies. So Melissa, I actually do miss movies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just temporarily. I'm sure you'll catch up very soon. <laughs> okay. Melissa, what do you have? Um, well, I don't have a lot to add. Um there. I did I did uh I did finally I did catch up with Joyride, which was um I realized that I feel like maybe I'm too old for gross out comedies, honestly. Um, <laughs> but I did I really loved Sherry Cola and I really loved Sabrina Wu in that in that film. I thought they were both quite brilliant. And I was like, Stephanie Sue, you <laughs> did not plan this out very well. Like you won an Oscar and then or we're Oscar nominated and then she has a very questionable tattoo in this uh, film Uh, and I I was like "Mm, this was a weird career move for you but okay (laughs) I'm with you like grosso comedies are not my thing at all don't care who it is men, women, it's just really not I don't find them funny I thought this movie was incredibly hilarious maybe I was just in the mood I thought the tattoo thing was weird. There's a couple of scenes here that I'm like, 
that's just a little too much. But generally speaking, I laughed so fucking hard. Yeah, but you laughed at Sherry Cola and 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 Sabrina Wu. I'm yeah. I'm betting like they yeah. were they like they, they were are the funny. They're they the, so they're, funny. They're funny, and it's like yeah, uh, yeah, they were really good. And I, and seeing Sherry Cola in this made me super excited about shortcomings. So yeah, I do hope to okay, see. Okay, I I got asked the third act heart stuff. Did you guys get mm-hmm. all choked up? Oh, no. Melissa's giving me the stink eye. All right. Okay. I, I, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Weak. I'm weak. I can't explain it. I, <laughs> Wait, you actually got choked up in this movie? A little bit. I was like, this is sad. No. Oh, come on. It, was, it also like it also was a logical fallacy. It made no sense to me. I was like, you showed up at the cemetery because your, her friends contacted you and said she might be there. Like, what? Why do you guys have to be so adult? Like, what? I'm so tired of you guys being adult. Like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I uh, I still like the movie. I thought it was really funny. And if they make a sequel, I will watch more misadventures of these four. No problem. I just I want more Sabrina Wu. I started watching like some of her stand up, and it's awesome. It's really really good. She has like some of it on TikTok. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I would totally I I want to watch more of her stuff for sure. Anything else? Oh, and also I'm just gonna plug this too. It's not a movie, but um I just started I started watching uh I'm a Virgo, the new Boots Riley series oh, on Amazon yes. Prime. And it's fantastic. It is so cool. And it's like it's Boots Riley's take on the superhero genre, which is pretty rad frankly it's kind of like sort like a less gory but in a similar vein to the boys like kind of takes the piss out of superheroes a bit and really questions that like ultimate power and authority which i guess like all of that stuff is all down to the watchman but um but but it's it's done really well here and it's of course it's like it's all really stylized smartly the way that boots does it and um and mike epps is in it and i love him so Walter yeah. Goggins, yeah, and Walter and Walter Goggins. So you can't, yeah, you can't go wrong. I'm glad to hear that's good because it keeps coming up. As you might be interested in this, you definitely um, should be interested in this. Well, because yeah. Amazon's because uh, Prime's not promoting it or anything, and Boots Riley no. has had to like promote it himself through his like Twitter and stuff, and because it's just being buried and everything. So, and it's Jerome Jarrell is the lead, mm-hmm. and he's like, I mean, he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. um like his the giant his, dude yeah <laughs> I, yeah yeah and it's such a it's such a it's such a crazy premise mm-hmm. um so yeah i highly recommend it it's really it's really it's kooky but also really good and a really interesting take on the superhero genre well i mean amazon blew their entire marketing budget or amazon prime tv whatever they call the fucking thing amazon prime video that's yeah, prime video. Called. They yeah. blew their entire load on Lord of the Rings for yeah. marketing dollars. So they can't market anything else they put out is what it seems like because they promote nothing. No. Nope. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, uh. If, if we're talking TV, uh, the new Justified series, have you guys seen that? Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't actually, I, I'm still, I haven't finished the final season of Justified. Okay. It's good. You're in your first is, is, is Primeval the- City. Yeah. Is wait is is Timothy Oliphant back? He is, and his oh. daughter's in it too. It's oh. really good. I, I like really, I like the Oliphant. I love yeah. Raylan Gibbons. Yeah, it's just a great character. Uh, nice. 
and uh, Reservation Dogs is back, and the first two episodes are out. It's really good. Uh, final season, which really sucks. I could watch that show for the next ten years and not complain. But uh, yeah, that's that's but it for me for TV. It's not it's not available in Canada yet until the twenty second of August. Oh, yeah, it'll be on Disney Plus for us, so you can still catch up with season one and season two on Disney Plus. But season three doesn't start out. Yeah, here I've never really played by the rules, Steve. No, I know. I I watched <laughs> the Bear when it came out on like on who uh, FX before. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like, yeah, yeah. Res- I get you. I get you. Yeah, Reservation Dogs is a blind spot for me, so I really need to catch up with that. Yeah, I'm just catching later. up now. So yeah. good. Well, uh, on the TV front, um, we've been watching a lot of Apple TV for whatever reason. Um, well, I know why because Foundation is back, <laughs> so I happen to be in there more often than I usually am, which is generally never. Um, and so while flipping through Apple TV, uh, and with nothing else to watch, apparently, because Dan doesn't want to watch Reservation Dogs, um, we watched Hijack, which is the new Idris Elba, um, series, which they just released the final episode this past weekend. And it's better than I anticipated. Like, it is exactly what the title says it is. Idris Elba ends up on a plane that gets hijacked for reasons. Um, it's very compelling. <laughs> like it's not great TV for but reasons. Well, I don't want to say what it is because I mean it, it. It was a little bit unexpected and kind of like stupid at the same time. But it's really compelling watching. Like they edit the show perfectly. Like just as you, you're like, oh yeah, the next thing. It's like end of the episode. I'm like fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, when we found it, they were already like five episodes in, and there's only seven in total. So we 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 did. Back to back, we binged the first half of the season and then finished it yesterday. And it's solid. It's it's not like the best TV, but it's pretty damn good. Foundation is back. I will say no more. That show is Chef's Kiss. Chef's Kiss for sci-fi fans. Um, and the first two episodes of Physical Season Three have landed. And that show continues to kick fucking ass and not enough people are talking about it. So I don't know if you guys know what it is. Rose Byrne playing like an 80s um, housewife who is, um, she has problems. And she is right at the beginning of the uh, sort of like at home video craze. So she develops, she's trying to basically become a star. (laughs) It's it's that I'm not doing the show credit. It's so good. Rose Byrne is fantastic. The episodes are only 30 minutes long. I think there's like six episodes per season. So it's totally bingeable. I wouldn't recommend binging it because it's pretty intense. Like it's thematically and emotionally, it's really fucking draining. But she is just stupendous in it in the first two episodes. Genius. And They're Rory Scovel's so great. great too in it. Yeah, that show's great. Yeah. Everybody on that show is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other movie I wanted to mention, and I can't remember if you guys talked about it on the last show, you may have, but reality. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Steve, yeah. And, I, Steve and I both talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I finally caught up with this the other day. Dan and I uh watched it because Dan was really interested in reading uh and watching the film. So for those that don't remember that conversation, it's uh um Tina uh Sater's um uh debut based on her play, which in itself takes all of the dialogue directly from the transcript of the interview 
with reality winner and holy shit, that thing is a fucking powerhouse. Mm-hmm. That movie kicks your ass like so unexpectedly out of because it's just so unassuming. I mean, it literally has like two locations. You're in front of her house, you're in her house, then you're in a fucking back room for like 90 minutes. It's it's so good. So good. So good. I love it. By far, probably one of my favorite movies of the year so far. It's so, so good. And then, of course, I went looking to see how did this, like, how did this uh, dialogue end up online to begin with? Like, was it declassified? What has been you know, redacted it's and it, the, the editing and the way that they go around that material is really interesting. It's just such a good movie. And uh, Sydney Sweeney's performance is outstanding. Mm-hmm. So highly recommended. It. It's available on demand on HBO max, I guess. Um, and that's it. That's all I have. Nice. I have to say something about Apple TV. Doesn't it feel like, such an amalgamation of other studios properties all on one place under the umbrella of Apple TV. I, I I honestly don't know. Cause hijack feels like a BBC show. Oh, and it probably Uh, is co-produced by BBC. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, And then like, I I mean, there's, there's uh, uh, for all mankind felt like a sci-fi show. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see. Had, I see what you mean. I you know see what I mean. mean. They all feel like they're like shows that weren't given the chance at other streamers or networks, and, and that's landed. But you know Apple what? TV. And that's very, very likely the case, especially mm-hmm. with those early shows that they put out, like the morning show, like um, Ted Lasso oh, is at NBC. Ted, yeah. So this is the thing. Like, I think that you're totally right. They, that there's a reason they feel like that because they probably were. Yeah. Yeah, and and the thing is, they don't market their stuff very well either. What's no. that? What's that show with Adam Scott? Uh, Severance. Severance. Yeah. Oh, Severance. Yeah, that oh, show's awesome. My God, that show rules. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they have an amazing catalog. Like, if you start scrolling through Apple TV, and the thing is, shit just appears there. Like, yeah. I'll be scrolling through, and I'm like, oh, what the hell is this thing? Yeah, it's got who in it? Like. There was just a new Patricia Arquette one where she is like, um, she was like, uh, the wife of like a drug dealer who needs to get her life together and becomes a private investigator out of nowhere. I forget what it was called. It's pretty damn new. But it's just like, they've got a lot of stuff. It's like, where'd this come from? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. This is pretty much Apple TV. I log in for one thing and then I'm there for like three weeks because it's like, there's all this other stuff that I want to watch. (laughs) But foundation people. Foundation, foundation, foundation. Meanwhile, Netflix has the summer I got pretty or whatever the hell that show. No, is. that's on Amazon. Oh, that's, uh, that's on Amazon. Every time Bill. I turn on, like, every time I see a movie, I see a trailer for this thing, and I just, <laughs> I, I want to just die. I yeah. okay, so you're I'm, not the target audience no, for that show. I, I kind of am not either, and I really like the show. I, it's actually pretty good. I, I do. I do really <laughs> Listen, ro- teen teen romances, vampires, period dramas. That's Marina's wheelhouse. Give it all to me. I'm okay with it. Okay with it. So, Bill, what's coming up? Uh, so I totally went wild last episode and said a bunch of movies that we'll probably be talking about again. So let's do this again. Uh, opening on May the 4th, The Meg 2, The Trench. Yes. Ben Wheeler. Yes. 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 I'm, I got my ticket already. A thousand times, yes. Yeah, I'm already there. 
Awesome. Uh, a movie Steve just talked about, Shortcomings, opens this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you like it, Steve? Just for I, yeah, I, I loved right, it. Cool. I loved it. Yeah. Okay, so some new stuff. August eleventh. Uh, something called Jewels, some alien film with Ben Kingsley. I saw what? the trailer. It looked really weird. Weird. I, I don't, even I don't, I don't think. I don't think it's even going to open. So, uh, the. The last voyage of the Demeter. Demeter, yes. Okay, yeah. which looks awesome. I'm sorry, I saw that trailer. Fun. I'm like, yeah, finally we get the movie I've always wanted to see. With Dracula on a boat. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, knew, you knew when you watched. The way you said that. That should have been the title. <laughs> Dracula well, on a boat. Which <laughs> With is a exactly question mark. What, well, yeah, which is exactly what I've always wanted to see. Because I mean, he has to get to North America somehow. Like well, we, we got we got Dracula on a boat in the Bram Stoker's Dracula, the like But the not classic. really. It was just like a little snippet, which is why I've always wanted the full movie. I'm in. I'm so Look, in. I didn't see who directed it either. Me neither. It's Andre Overdahl, who oh. did Troll Hunter. Awesome films. And so, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Fun film. Hey, hey. Yeah. And scary stories to tell in the dark. Not I was so already good. in. So Not so good, bonus. but still some cool stuff in that movie. I will still contend. Yeah, but I like a good. I like anthology stuff, so it just it's really playing into my wheelhouse and that kind of stuff. Uh, Gran Turismo got delayed. Yeah, twenty fifth though. Yeah, so, so it'll be in August. I actually had tickets to a Saturday screening, and I got an email a couple days ago. We have the film has been canceled. They said on the email, I'm like it hasn't been canceled. <laughs> It probably should be, but uh, hey, hey, no, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna see on. it. I'm gonna oh, Naramata's own Neil Blomkamp. He might be at my screening because I'm gonna try to go to the first screening in Penticton, so he could be there. Q and A, baby. Yeah, tell him, right? tell him to answer my fucking emails. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll be like, you have to answer Sorry. Marina's email right fucking now in front of me. Do it, Neil. <laughs> Open your phone right now. <laughs> okay, God. and uh, August 18th, the film we're totally gonna do. Blue Beetle. Fuck no. <laughs> I, I thought wasn't that a foregone conclusion? Yeah. I, Zach Schneider is really pumped for it. So I do I do love the kid from uh the 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 uh Cobra Kai though. I mean he yeah. he's, he's great. <laughs> he is right. great. I'm glad I'm glad he's got a Marvel movie. Uh will I see this? No, probably not, but still it's good good for him. The movie <laughs> the, the movie I would totally like to do, but nobody it I might like it's not even going to open in Vancouver. It's called Landscape with Invisible Hands from Corey Finley, the guy who did Thoroughbreds, Thoroughbreds? and oh, Bad, at Bad Education. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I didn't even know this was even coming out until I like read about it. And yeah, he's got a new movie. It looks pretty cool. Uh, hopefully we get to see it eventually. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really cool. But I guess uh, the, the one that we're probably really going to end up doing, other than maybe The Meg, is Strays. <laughs> Could be fun. No, yeah. no I think it sounded like we're gonna have to skip <laughs> August. No, no, because like. the is isn't passages coming out on the eleventh. Delayed. Yeah, that one got delayed. Oh, it had a rating issue. Oh right. Yeah. Oh my god, this is gonna be this is this is a rough uh, a rough go. Yeah. So Ben Wheatley, it is. Yeah, the <laughs> Meg. default. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I, okay, Gran Turismo. 
So. Yeah. And hey, we just saw Greta Gerwig save a, a Barbie movie. So you know, maybe maybe we'll watch Ben Wheatley save a terrible over the top shark movie. The and first I, one was fun. Yeah, I, 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 I'm coming from the same place Marina is. I, I, I had I had the first, I find the first one. It's so dumb. It's I, I did. I didn't see it because really, after you've seen Jaws, do you really need to see any other? I didn't say so. It's really not Jaws, and it does not try to no. be Jaws. It very much has its tongue firmly placed in its cheek, like it Deep is. Deep blue sea. Deep blue sea. Yeah, it's it's on that. I will level, say. I, I mean, say. that is the best Samuel L. Jackson death scene in any movie he's ever yeah. done. Well, I yeah, you know, I was hoping the Meg maybe would go the piranha route. And it'd be a little bit harder, but I was content with with what they did. So maybe Alexander Aya doing the Meg movie for the third movie might be interesting. I don't know if they can get Chinese money for him, to be honest. <laughs> It'll be a little too like you're gonna wanna do what? <laughs> and, and really, why would you want Robert Shaw or Richard Dreyfus when you can have Jason Statham? Yeah, Jason, exactly. No, you have to say it the way it's meant to be said. Jason, Jason Statham. Statham. <laughs> like you got to give it to the Cockney accent. I, I, rem- don't, I don't do the accent. I honestly remember me and a coworker when I was working at Rogers Video way back in the day. Whenever we get a new, whenever we get a new Statham movie, we'd be like, "Oi, Jason Statham movie, new, <laughs> oi, nice." <laughs> He was clearly stuck stuck in the snatch era, Jason Statham. So is that really all the movies we have to choose from? No joke. Yeah, yeah that's that's it. That's it. My life. Oh Jesus! Is there nothing on streaming? Because <laughs> it's so bad. I tried. I just couldn't find anything else. No, it's going to be really bad. Uh, I got nothing else. That's it. It's just well, going to be a rundown of what we watched. That's, I think that's so. what next I, next I next so. episode will be. I think so. Well, you never know. Maybe something will drop on streaming that we can all get behind. There we go. For now, can we just agree to pick a date to record and just talk about yeah. what we've been watching? I'm rooting for I the Meg. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I want to commit myself to any of those titles. <laughs> I mean, I will probably watch the Meg, and I'll definitely watch Gran Turismo, but I'm not quite sure there's enough there for a full review. <laughs> Uh yeah, I I I say the Meg. <laughs> sure, let's go with the Meg. I guess <laughs> figure it out. It's, okay, it's, do, you, do I see Melissa shaking her head? You, no, you got you guys do not know what you're getting into because uh, when I was eight, I wanted to be a marine biologist and study gray white sharks, and so you're going to get hit with so many <laughs> like useless pieces Shark of bats. trivia that I yeah. I'm looking so forward, look forward to, this. to that. Yeah. When does the, the Meg? <laughs> sorry, when does the Meg open? Friday. 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 Uh, Can we play the LL Cool J song from Deep Blue Sea in the background next podcast? <laughs> Independently, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> sure. The if you haven't heard it, yeah, it's uh, pretty good. You guys will have to remind me because I will definitely forget. Definitely forget. <laughs> I just, I just remember Michael Rappaport's um, still still moving severed legs in the water floating away <laughs> that good movie stuff. man that good movie. stuff <laughs> good oh. stuff <laughs> uh, we killed that show guys we killed it come for the barbieheimer stay for the deep blue scene <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we're versatile. Right. Very, very. very. Uh, so, um, folks, before we like totally wrap up, I, I've lost my train of thought at this point. Bill, where can folks find you? Uh, they can find me on Letterboxd and Twitter at SoundJam69. I have another podcast called The Green Screen of Death. We are here to save podcasting. And we are back, bitches. Uh, yeah, I can't help but uh, actually pimp it this time because last time I didn't. And uh, lots of people said it's been good. We, had, we hadn't recorded in over a year. And uh, a lot of people found out I, I actually got really sick and Adrian got really sick. So lots of people have been like, oh, my God, did you almost die? I'm like, yes, it's cool. Uh, and then uh, what else do I have? Uh, Viff sucks. Fuck Viff. And uh, yeah, that's it for me. Thanks. Melissa, where can folks find you? Uh, well, I'm still on Twitter. I refuse to call it X for now. Uh, <laughs> probably not for much longer. And uh, Letterboxd, where I am Melzy, I believe. We'll link to it. We'll link to it. Yeah. You can, you can also find me on Letterboxd, the Marina one, I think, uh, also linked. And you can find me on Instagram because... Um, yeah, that's pretty much where I spend all my time. The Marina too. Um, and last, but certainly not least, Mr. Steve. Okay. Well, first I gotta say, Bill, are you on Letterboxd? I haven't seen you post in a very long time. He doesn't post. post. He, he just post. He just, just, lurk. just lurks. He lurks. He just eternally yeah. lurking. Yeah. He lurks and judges. That's fair. Yes. Knew, I, have judges. A fil- I have a film list that I update. That is all <laughs> I do on Letterboxd. I've been told I do Letterboxd wrong. Do you have a top four? I do. See, it's, that's we could actually do a show on our top four. Hey, Letterbox top four. Talk couleurs blue. Talk couleurs uh. red. In the mood for love. Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Damn, that is a lineup. That was yes. a lineup. Mine's probably if I were to reiterate mine, it'd be like yeah, you're a cliche. So thank you. <laughs> um. All right. So <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I'm getting really disillusioned with uh, with social medias and everything right now. I, I, I'm struggling to find my spot, especially since the X turnover. But I am still reachable on there uh, at the Steve Dead. Uh, same with uh, Instagram and threads. Um, I'm there as well. I activated that whatever account. Um my website, stevestebbing.ca. Uh, I'm also on the podcast, Tremble the Horror Pod, um, which is weekly. Uh, the last two movies we did was Stepfather and Stepfather 2 with uh, Terry O'Quinn. Stepfather 1 rules. Stepfather 1's pretty fun. <laughs> Stepfather 2 is such a retread, and it's just like kind of the same. But it's more crazy Terry O'Quinn, though. Yeah. And like that wedding scene at the end is just bonkers just absolute bonkers <laughs> um uh and then i'm also on the shift with shane hewitt uh on uh, actual factual radio across canada in any uh chorus entertainment market so t- uh, check your local listings uh, it's thursday at 11 p.m pacific time i do that show uh, and yeah that's it so you can find show notes timestamps all the good stuff at atcbot.ca and we will be back in a couple of weeks with another show Until then, watch all the movies. Bye!
watch them all. All of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Until you're jaded. The fuck? <laughs> you just gotta say yeah. got it. You just okay. gotta say got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm new to this. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we popped this uh, Zoom cherry. That's amazing. And, and, and there's there's the intro to the show. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. perfect. It's perfect. You just got to say, got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just in, re- I refuse to be bullied. This sucks. In 2023, <laughs> Bill meets Zoom. It's, <laughs> Three years it's, too late. <laughs> it's like it's like holding out, not getting COVID. And then you know? getting, yeah. It's like. It's like I made it so far, not you made it this far and didn't have to zoom. Now you're zooming. <laughs>